What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. This is solo today. It's just me. No interviewer or interviewee. It's just me. Hope y'all don't mind that. And I hope I'm not too rambly because this can get a lot. But in this episode, we're going to talk about macros and nutrition and why I started becoming a nutrition coach and all of that. So I hope you like this episode. And here we go, guys. All right. (laughs) It's so weird being alone doing an episode because I'm used to interviewing people. So I'm going to try to stay on topic the best I can. But those who know me know that's not my style. Anyways, we're going to kind of go over how I got started in nutrition, kind of the complexity of it, um, macro breakdown, macros versus calories, your mindset around macros, um, intuitive eating, and a few questions that I got on Instagram. So listen out for those. And I initially recorded this podcast as one long episode. And I didn't realize how much I had to say about (laughs) macros and nutrition until I sat down to record the podcast yesterday. And it was like 50 minutes long. And I was like, Oh my God, no one is going to listen to this. It's a lot to digest if you don't know about macros and nutrition. And I forget sometimes because I've been doing this for so long. And speaking of doing this for so long, that's why it's second nature to me. I have been, I know I've been cooking since I was 16 years old when I took a home ex class in high school. And I had a great teacher who taught us how to cook well, who taught us about quality of ingredients. And she focused more on quality of ingredients instead of like macro or calorie counting. And she wasn't this whole weight loss, lean, low fat type person, which was great. I learned from an early age, good quality foods and why they matter. And her story was that her brother developed a rare form of brain cancer And they traced it back to the food he was eating. He liked a specific cereal. And apparently there was rat droppings in the cereal. I don't remember the exact story. I wish I could, but it was so many years ago. But it all started then. So my mom, when I wanted to start cooking these meals or not eat what what she was cooking, she, you know, I had to save my money up, buy my own groceries and cook my own food. So when y'all see me meal prepping, or if you if you've seen or followed my Instagram page macros by underscore J, where I kind of give nutrition advice, I guess, then you will see that I do these meal preps and cook, but it's basic cooking. And I know it's hard for some people to meal prep because not everyone has the same time frame or there's a lot of circumstances. Like I'm a single female. I work in an ER where I work 12 hour shifts. So I have four days off a week to meal prep. And I get that. And I don't have a family that I have to cook for. Totally understand that too. So I'm going to try to come up with ways for you to meal prep and macro count if you do have a family or you're working a nine to five. So look out for that. But anyways, um, so that started in high school and then I went to college. So my first couple of years in college, I noticed that I was gaining weight because what you do, you drink alcohol and you got to talk about three in the morning. That's what you do. So weight gain was coming on and I started researching, like, what could I do to lose weight? So I started increasing my activity level. So I started running three miles a day. Then I was like, well, I need to cut my calories. And I honestly have no idea how many calories or macros that I was eating at the time because I never logged anything. I just went ahead 
what do you do? You jump on Google. Google says eat a 1200 calorie diet. And that's what I did. I ate a 1200 calorie diet. I started logging in my fitness pal and I made sure I was sticking to my calories. Didn't care about macros at the time. Didn't know anything about macros at the time. Um, and of course I lost weight. So let's just pretend that I was at a 2000 calorie diet before I started counting. For all second purposes, it's just easy to do math in my head that way. Um, So if I went from 2,000 calories a day down to 1,200 calories a day, then I put myself in an 800-calorie deficit. Of course, I'm going to lose weight. If you think about it, it takes 3,500 calories for one pound. So you have to be eating 3,500 calories per day to gain a pound per day. You have to take away 3,500 calories to lose a pound per day, which we'll get into that and how you you'll how that factors in. So if I took myself from a 2000 calorie diet to down to a 1200 calorie diet, that's 800 calories. So 800 times seven, seven days a week, you're cutting, that's 5600 calories you're cutting per week. So you're losing almost two pounds a week. I hope y'all are following me here. That's a lot of math. And, and I know that. Um, so I started losing weight. Of course, I was hungry all the time because I was running three miles a day, cutting my calories. And this was back when I was in college. I was walking to class. I was staying up late. I was, I had a lot of movement in my day and probably needed a lot of, a lot more calories because of number one, growing female, the hormones are everywhere. You know, you're having your menstrual cycle. There's so many things that go into how many carbs and calories your specific body needs. So now I've put myself way too far down low on the calorie counting scale and I'm depriving myself of nutrients. I'm starving. I'm miserable. And I was like, okay, well, I lost the weight, but then it got harder and harder to lose weight. And I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? Maybe I'm just not eating the right foods. I need to go back to like what my high school teacher taught me, quality ingredients. So then I started saying, okay, no sugars, not eating any processed sugars. I'm not doing any dairy. I'm not going to eat any bread. Like just started cutting out all kinds of things. And which this started like a binge cycle for me, because since I cut out, like I'm talking about guys, no sugar at all. But then I was also in a sorority at the time. And we always got cookie cakes and stuff like that for birthday parties. And I would go ham on some cookie cake, just ask my friends, I would eat the whole cookie cake because it was like a binge restrict binge restrict. So uh, once I kind of started cutting things out and become very restrictive, restrictive of what I was eating, I lost a little bit more weight. But then it stalled again. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Um, doing all the right things. I'm being restrictive. I'm working out, you know, and then it wasn't until, uh, so, so yeah, so blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I, I let's, okay. I'm down to 1200 calories and then you have to cut even lower. So then I had to cut down to a thousand calories to lose weight because that's what they tell you, right? Like calories in calories out. Obviously I'm not low enough. So let me go down to a thousand. When you're doing this and you're suppressing your calories and your macros very low, your body slows your metabolism down so that you're not burning so many calories and you're not burning all this fat because it's going into survival mode. Your body has no idea if you're dieting versus truly starving to death on the street and have no food. So it thinks that you're starving because you don't have access to food. Therefore, it slows your metabolism down. So anytime you are eating something, it's storing it away so that you can have it later 
if that makes sense. And I found that out later through my research because once I was down to a thousand calories, being very restrictive, working out so much, and I still wasn't losing any weight, but I was gaining weight. I decided to hire my first nutrition coach, Amelia Hogan. She is based out of Canada. Sweet, sweet girl. Love her to death. She is so knowledgeable. I encourage everyone to go follow her. I think her, um, I think it's nourished by M is the, um, handle on Instagram for her, but she started doing my macros. That was the first time like I learned about macro counting. So she started doing my macros and we, um, got me on a plan and I thought, because I had Googled, you know, if it fits your macros, because that was very big when we started this. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. Like I can eat whatever I want. If I can fit a pop tart in every day, I can eat that. Well, that's not the case. You actually have to have whole nutritious foods before you try to add in your sweets or your extras and not do it every day. Um, but regardless, I, she had me on this macro plan and I was still gaining weight. So at this point, she was like, you need to go get your thyroid tested because you should not be gaining weight. She was trying to reverse diet me up because I had already been in this restrictive low calorie diet for years. And sure enough, I ended up having thyroid problems. So we had to work together slowly on reversing me up. And what reverse dieting is, is if you're on a restrictive, low calorie, low carb plan for years on end, you actually can do damage to your thyroid. Hopefully that's not the case for you, but you can do damage to your metabolism as well, like we talked about earlier. So you have to reverse your calories and your carbs and your fats up slowly. And they say however long you've restricted or been in a calorie deficit is how long it may take you to recover your metabolism. So if you've been dieting and restricting for 10 years, it may take you 10 years to recover it because you've done that damage to your body. So just be patient with yourself. So that's kind of my backstory. I know that was a long 10 minute intro, but that's how I kind of got started into nutrition and macros. And then once I worked with Amelia and then I was like, I can, you know, I started doing research. I started reading every book. Once I got diagnosed with thyroid problems, I wanted to heal my thyroid. I wanted to use food as a nutritious whole source. And so I read the autoimmune protocol diet. I read lectin diet, vegan, vegetarian. Like I did it all. I've tried it all. Um, And then I decided to become a nutrition coach because I wanted to help other people and hopefully help them not go down the same cycle as I did with my metabolism. So um, fast forward to all these years later, I started working with um, another nutrition coach approximately three years ago, and she reversed dieted me up and I lost 20 pounds eating more carbs than I've ever eaten. And that's when I really just wanted to help other people. So now we're going to get into the basics of macros. (laughs) Terrible transition there, but here we are. So macros, what are they? They are your proteins, your carbs, your fat in food. For every one gram of protein, it equals four calories. For every one gram of carb, it's four calories. For every one gram of fat, it is nine calories because fat um, is going to keep you fuller longer. You want fat in your diet, and that's good quality fats, and you want good quality carbs. If someone assigns you 150 grams of carbs per day, that doesn't mean you get to go out here and go ham on some Pop-Tarts and 
you know, pizza and things like that. Sure, you can do that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to change your body composition and lose weight, you truly need to eat food that is going to be nutrition, nutritional and nutritionally dense for your body. So your body can utilize it like sweet potatoes, rice, quinoa, um, oatmeal, um, eggs, coconut oil, almonds, bacon, things like that, that are going to keep you fuller longer, keep you satisfied and give your body nutrition, especially if you're lifting heavy weights and working out a lot. And then the other macro, which is not really considered a macro, but we talk about it, it's alcohol because everyone likes their alcohol, is one gram per one gram of alcohol is seven calories. But that's kind of an empty calorie. So when you do drink alcohol, if you're logging foods or if you're working with a nutrition coach, we want you to log it in your, um, as a carb or a fat. And that's a lot of math, so we're not going to get into it. But if you log it into your foods, it kind of makes you think like, oh, well, then I don't get as much food. True. So then it kind of makes you drink less alcohol, which again, no one's telling you to macro count or calorie count or anything like that. This is just for those that are interested. And um, why macros are different than calorie counting is it's more specific to a goal and it balances out your diet. So for example, if I put you on a 1600 calorie diet, and that's just all you do is log about calories, then your day to day could look different every single day. Like you may eat less protein today, more carbs, less fat, and then the next day it's going to look differently. So your body kind of doesn't really know how to utilize that. But if you're setting up a specific macro plan, and let's just pretend it's 125 grams of protein, 175 grams of carb and 65 grams of fat, that's going to come out to 1785 calories. And if this is what you're eating every day and you're trying to hit your macro goal, then your calories are always going to be there because of what we went over earlier, the one gram of protein per four calories. So if you add all that up, it's always going to, your, your calories are always going to come out to the same, if that makes sense to y'all. But what it's doing is it's kind of equalizing that fat and carb ratio per meal so that when you sit down and do your three meals, you're getting like maybe 20 grams of fat at each meal versus 20 grams of fat for the whole day. So I hope that makes sense to y'all. So that's why I prefer macro counting over calorie counting. And it also, for me, a lot of people look at calories on a package and they're like, oh my gosh, this has 600 calories in it. But they're not looking at the macro content and saying, oh, well, it's only got 30 carbs and 11 grams of fat to make up those 600 calories. They're just so focused on a 600 calorie number because if you only get 1,785 calories a day, you're like, oh, now I only have a thousand left for the day. And that's where it can get like in a mind thing. And that's why these companies in the world are so good at marketing. And they're like a hundred calorie packages because people focus so much on calories. And it's just kind of a mindset shift change that you have to do with yourself and focus more on the, the ingredients. Number one, always ingredients first, then the macros, and then the calories are always going to come out to what they need to be. So that's why I prefer macros to calories. So now we're going to talk about how some people are like, yeah, but I've done the macro counting thing and it became very triggering for me and it became an, obs- it became an obsessive compulsive compulsion and it actually developed an eating disorder. And that's completely true. It can. Um, if you have eating disorder or disordered eating habits, then if you macro count, 
it can become obsessive. And I am one of these people. I've had disordered eating. I've been very open about that. And sometimes when I'm counting all the time, I do become like fearful of eating out at restaurants because I don't have my scale or I don't know what's in food. And so when I see myself doing that, I know myself now, I stop tracking for a week. I'm like, okay, this is becoming too much of an obsession. I'm going to have to stop tracking. And so you have to know yourself before you do this or you work with a coach. You have to know if you're okay with this. And some people aren't. And some this is not the way for everyone. Um, that's why it's so, that's why nutrition is kind of hard because it changes all the time and it's so individualized. You have to know yourself. You have to know what works for you. If calorie counting works for you, calorie count. Do what works for you. Do what makes you the happiest, what's the easiest for you. I'm just more like do quality ingredients. That's always number one with me. So that's to say, so the people, some people who cannot macro count can intuitively eat and they know their body, their body tells them they're full, their body tells them they're hungry and they can do that. I cannot (laughs) intuitively eat because I'm always like, oh, well, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And that's just something I know about myself. So I do like to macro count, but I also have diet breaks. And what a diet break is, is if you are working with a nutrition coach or you're macro counting or doing any kind of, you know, calorie counting, macro counting, um, intuitive eating to like, you need to take a diet break once every three months so that your body doesn't get stuck on a number, stuck on a calorie and never gets or never improves or you, your metabolism slows down. That's just something you want to look into. Um, and we'll talk about that on part two is diet breaks more about reverse dieting. Um, but I want to go ahead and answer some of the questions. I only had three on Instagram, but I just wanted to make sure I got them answered. And the first one is how to stop snacking at work. Um, this is really hard to answer if I don't know more details. So what kind of job do you have? Do you have a nine to five job? Are you, you know, a nurse? Are you working in a hospital? But if it's just like how to stop snacking at work, like what are you doing? Are you over snacking? Are you actually hungry? So if you're snacking just because you're bored and you're at a desk job, um, what I would suggest is to keep water around and drink water. Cause usually if you're bored, you're just really just wanting to movement. So you can drink water, drink, you know, some kind of healthy drink or whatever you think is the best. Get up and walk around if you have the opportunity to. Um, Just go take some laps around your building, laps around your office, and um, allow yourself some snacks. Keep some snacks that, you know, like I like to keep carrots, celery, cucumbers around because they're crunchy, and I will dip them in a vegan ranch dressing, and that's a healthy snack. It's nutritious for your body. Um... And I still get to snack. So those are my suggestions. Um, Also, if you're snacking because you feel like you're always hungry, you might want to take a multivitamin if you're not doing that. Because if we're deficient in some of our vitamins, then it makes us want to snack more and reach for foods. Because when you're actually craving foods or reaching for foods, it's because your body is usually deficient in something. So those are my suggestions. The second question was, if you're in a pinch and you need macro-friendly snacks, um, what do you eat? So to me, when I read this, I'm assuming that either one, you forgot your snacks and you're, you know, stuck in a place like work and you know, you, you need an option or you're on a road trip. So if I'm at work and I forgot my snacks, which I have done before, then we have a place 
in the hospital um, called the C-Store. And it's kind of almost like a gas station type thing. It has like Starbucks and just little bitty like grab and go items. They have the, um, oh, what are their little snack packs? Like they have the almonds, cheese and ham or whatever. I'll eat those. Um, Popcorn. They have popcorn in there, pretzels. They have little nut packs like almonds and cashews and walnuts. They have kind bars and protein bars, quest bars. So those are the things that I would, if I was in a pinch and I forgot something, I would go to that. Or if I, we also have a pub, Publix down the road. So I would walk to Publix and go to the produce section and get some fruit and some vegetables like the carrots, the cucumbers and stuff that I could dip into ranch dressing or little cheese bites with apples and grapes. Um, so that's what I would do if I forgot my snack, but if I was on a road trip and I forgot something and I was hungry and I could pull over anywhere, then obviously, you know, your grocery store is the easiest to go in and grab something. Produce sections always has like a little grab and go as well. They have like hummus and pretzels or guacamole, hard boiled eggs, um, the carrots, the apples, that kind of thing. Or if you go to a gas station, they have the same things I just talked about earlier, um, or if I'm out and I'm hungry, I typically try to stay a- around things that I think are macro friendly for me. And for me, I like Chipotle, um, like a taco place. Like we have Taco Mamas here in Huntsville and Jason's Deli is always a good option or Chop Chop Salad. So I hope I answered that question for you. And the last question is for someone just starting nutrition, how does one make sure they're getting the right balance of carbs and proteins or vegetables if you like lifting, if you like lifting over cardio and want to enjoy life. So for this, um, how to know if you're getting the right amount of carbs and proteins, that's really hard to say because I don't, I don't know what you're doing in your workouts. Um, there are a lot of online calculators that you can do. They're not as personalized as if you're working with a nutrition coach, but you can use those to see, how much it suggests that you eat, but I'm, I'm a big proponent of eating more carbs than you think. Like I don't like the keto diet. I don't like when people drop their carbs less than a hundred. It's been proven that your brain actually needs over a hundred grams of carbs just to even function. Um, just make sure they're high quality, good carbs. Like I said, there's a difference in eating white bread that is bleached and has chemicals in it versus a nice organic sweet potato from the produce section. Big difference. Same amount of carbs. If they could both have 30 grams of carbs in it, but your body's going to utilize them differently. So I would start there. And then if you're not really ready to do the macro counting and you're just wanting to make changes, make small changes. I always recommend like, don't do everything at once. Don't be an all or nothing person because that's when you get into trouble. And that's when people are like, you know what? This is too hard. Screw it. I'm not doing it anymore. Or you could be like me and do the binge restrict, binge restrict. And it's always like a yo-yo constant cycle where you're gaining and losing, gaining and losing. So do small things like maybe this week you want to focus on eating better ingredients, better high quality ingredients, um, adding more vegetables to your diet. Maybe next week you want to stop drinking diet soda if you drink diet soda. Maybe the next week you want to cut out artificial sugars. So take it slow and set goals for yourself and you will see changes over time. I know everyone wants what they want and they want it now. And if they don't see a big weight loss jump, then they're kind of like, this isn't working. But I'm more about the steady progress that's sustainable and you can do for life. And also, 
I completely agree with the weightlifting. I hate cardio too. And if you lift enough, like if you lift heavy weights and you're doing it properly, your heart rate should go up. And that is actual, actually a form of cardio, but you're building muscle, which burns more over time. So that is it for this part one of the macros and nutrition. I hope I did not bore you to death, but if you have questions after this episode, definitely DM me on macros by underscore J or my personal account babbles underscore nonsense. And I will be happy to answer more questions in part two. So thanks for sticking with me this far. And until next time, guys, bye.